Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. If we just focus on all the distractions, we might miss, you know, the true purpose and meaning of Christmas. And that's so important that we carry and share the love and the light of God to everyone we meet. You're listening to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about strengthening the relationships that mean the most to you. I'm Jill Savage, and I live in normal Illinois. I'm committed to talking honestly about the messy, less than perfect, but normal stuff of life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect Podcast. And today it truly is the No More Perfect podcast because um, my voice is very imperfect. I'm recording this coming off of uh, being sick and uh, for quite a few days and not having a whole lot of voice, but this is important and it's a timely topic. And so we're going to tackle it that way anyway. And it's the holiday season. That means that there is shopping and gift giving and decorating that needs to be done. And in the midst of all of the doing, we can miss out on having a Christmas heart. And when that happens, we miss the true reason for the season. So the conversation today is to help us to have a Christmas heart, a heart that longs for Jesus, a heart that holds tightly to Jesus, one that puts him in the center of everything in our holidays, but also a heart that is modeled after Jesus's mother, Mary, who played a really important role in the Christmas story. So helping me explore this today is my friend, Jennifer Jackson. Jennifer is an author and a speaker. She and her husband, Doyle, lead the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. And most importantly, Jennifer's my friend. I'm so glad she's in my life. And now I'm glad that she can be in yours as well. Welcome to the No More Perfect podcast, Jennifer. Thank you, Jill. You are truly one of the special people in this world that I love so much. And it's a a lot of fun to be together today. It really is. And I'm just so appreciative of um, our friendship. And, you know, we've been friends for quite a few years. And my sister lives in Columbus, Ohio. So when I get to visit my sister, I get to visit you, which is always a a double blessing for me. And, you and Doyle really have a special place in our hearts. So thank you for being willing to join me today. It's time to shop till you drop, Jill. 
<laughs> we had a lot of fun last time. Oh my gosh, we did. We did. We did. We um we went shopping together and just had a blast. And um, we both know Sherry Brandell, and Sherry is an important part of uh, dressing both of us, right? Very cute. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know Sherry Brandell, uh, Sherry uh, runs a wonderful uh, ministry. It used to be called Fashion Meets Faith. Now I think it's Style by Color. And uh, she really specializes in helping um, midlife women uh, look their best. (laughs) And so anyway... Uh, both you and I have had the benefit of shopping with Sherry. And then when you and I got to shop together, man, we were applying all of our <laughs> Sherry knowledge to that ex- to that little trip, weren't we? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh my goodness. So fun. And, um, you know, Jennifer, as we are sitting here in the, um, the Christmas season, um, on the No More Perfect podcast, you know, life is very imperfect. And when we look at the life of Mary, she really had a lot of imperfect that was happening in her world. And yet she handled it in uh, so many beautiful ways. And that's really what I want us to explore today is what lessons we can learn from Mary. You've kind of done some digging into this and I so appreciate your perspectives. Um, What made you want to dig into the life of Mary yourself? Well, I think as a pastor's wife, Christmas is the busiest time. Church is so busy at Christmas time. And I I took a year and I said, you know, I'm going to slow down and just really dive into the story as if I were walking Mary's shoes. And mm-hmm. I learned that a Christmas heart is really a heart that cherishes Jesus. And Mary taught us to ponder, to treasure, you know, uh, things flee so quickly and the time flees so fast but treasures last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And Mary was so good at that. She learned to just savor and to, uh, she watched everything that Jesus did and she tucked it deep into her heart. And so we see Mary all the way from his birth to there she is at the foot of the cross. And so she absolutely is one of my favorite characters. And I, yeah, I dove into her life in detail. Yeah. And boy, what mom out there doesn't understand treasuring um, those, especially those of us that are empty nest mamas. Um, We're always, you know, there's a lot that's treasured in our heart that we're not experiencing anymore, right? You know, I was a a brand new mom and I was such a young mother. I was in my early 20s and I took I had a little side job taking care of a woman with leukemia and two preschoolers. And Louise became my very best friend. And she was in her 30s. I thought she was ancient at the time. And (laughs) (laughs) now I know how young she was. Right. Um, one Christmas, she gave me a set of beautiful Christmas cookie cutters and a sugar cookie recipe. And she said, Jennifer, I'm giving you this challenge. Every year, you will make a tradition and do these cookies with your children. 
and promise me you'll do that. And so I did. I promised her many things she taught me before she passed away. But that was one of the traditions that we kept. And we had our, we did our sugar cookies every year. And I think, you know, that's why I, I liked put recipes together at Christmas time because they're memories of the people that you love and you pass those on to your children and making the cookies causes you to stop and to put music on and to have fun with them. And they made a huge mess and it didn't matter. And now our cookies are beautiful, but back then they were very messy and, (laughs) you know, not perfect. Um, But Louise taught me about treasuring and that was a good lesson early on with my children. Oh my goodness, what a beautiful gift she gave you, um, just really with her wisdom. Um, but then the physical gift that she gave you in those cookie cutters. And, um, you know, for those of you that are listening that, you know, have um, visions of, uh, cut out cookies in your head and you want to create some moments like that. Let's talk about some practicals for a moment. Um, I actually have a blog post. I'll make sure and put it in the show notes about this, but um, I have a blog post on how to successfully make cutout cookies with your kids. Oh, good. And it is based upon age. Because I made the mistake, I don't know what you did, Jennifer, I'd love to hear, you know, lessons that you learned, but, you know, in the beginning, I made the mistake of trying to do the whole process with my kids when they were younger. And what I realized is when you have preschoolers doing cutout cookies is very different than when you have teenagers. So teenagers can do the whole process. They can help make the dough. They can roll the dough out. They can do the cookie cutters. They can, because they can handle all the waiting preschoolers. It's usually best if you have the dough done and all they do is help to uh, cut out the cookies. Or even if they're younger, if you just get the cutout cookies and all they do is decorate them. That's good. You know, it's like you got to adjust your expectations of what that's going to look like and how to make it successful. <laughs> Any uh-huh. lessons that you learned in um, in doing the that kind of an activity with your kiddos? Well, I always use the Betty Crocker classic uh, recipe and I would make it ahead. So I always did have the dough finished and done and you can freeze it. So I'll have my dough done way ahead and you can even make it in, you know, October if you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or right. I guess you can buy Pillsbury. Why, why don't stress about it. The whole point is the time together. It is. It really, really is. So um, when we look at the life of Mary and in our, if we really want to be intentional about having a merry heart, a Christmas heart, we learn to treasure and we learn to ponder. So what other lessons have you learned from Mary? Well, I I look at Mary and she was, she was pure. And we have to think about, you know, God, when he searched the whole earth (laughs) and he looked at Mary, she was pure. And I think that there's a lesson in that for us that we, we can purify our lives and God, uh, he had her ready for this assignment. So she, she had done her part and he picked Mary and then she was available. She was pure, she was humble, and she was available, and she was willing to serve God. And so we have to ask ourselves that question, God, am I? have I purified my life? Am I ready? Am I willing? Am I available? Have I humbled myself? It was very humbling 
with a task that she took on. And and our age doesn't matter. <laughs> she was young, but you know, Simeon and Anna were old when they dedicated Jesus in the temple. So your age doesn't matter, but it's mm-hmm. about your heart. Yeah. So what does it look like to purify our heart? Oh, I think, you know, I love going through my life with a fine tooth comb and I sit down with a journal and I just give God permission. I say, Lord, I welcome you to show me anything, any attitude. It's usually an attitude. Mm, <laughs> Sometimes isn't it's not it? the big things. <laughs> Is there an action or an attitude or even a word? And I say, you know, God, how do I respond in this situation? I want to honor you. And and no, our like your podcast, we're not perfect and we don't get it right. And that's why I have to sit down and say, God, I, I want to honor you. Show me. And it's just a daily, you know, just any little thing, giving him permission to show me. Yes. Oh, I think that's so important during our marriage intensives that we host, we do something called a heart audit. And uh, it's when we really give each uh, person, each the husband and the wife time to examine their heart and to invite the Lord in to reveal some things that um, they've um, allowed into their heart that's not been helpful for the marriage. And then they have an opportunity to clean that up uh, with the Lord and with each other. And uh, I've taken to doing that same heart audit on a pretty regular basis for myself, um, which is exactly what you're talking about is um, you're just really kind of opening up and going, what do I need to see? Where have I been blind? And boy, I appreciate the whole attitude thing. It's like, what attitudes are not becoming of Jesus in me? And that is so very important for us, isn't it? Yes. You know, one thing about a pure heart that I've I've noticed, and, and Mary did this, she waited on the Lord, but it I think sometimes it is wait and keep your mouth closed. <laughs> that's where God wants me to clean it up. And it's hard. And that's been my my latest lesson is just be quiet. Quiet is good. Yes. Oh my goodness. We misuse our words so much, don't we? We really, really do. And, you know, that's one of the, um, really one of the messages I talk about in my Empty Nest book is... Um, pray, don't say. And (laughs) man, (laughs) I mean, whether you're an empty nester or not, you need that reminder. Um, Pray, don't say. So much in life could get handled so much better if if we would simply pray and not say. Yes. And, you know, that's another thing with our heart at Christmas time. It is so busy, even as simple as you try to make it, the, the month flies by, it gets very crowded. And so I try to find just a sentence prayer or a one short verse that I hold on to throughout that month. And I love some of the ones that I gained from Mary. And I'll just say, I'll, I'll take a day and say, Lord, I want you to know today, I have a willing and available heart. And I'll just tell him that all throughout the day, my heart is willing and it's available. And, and he'll give me maybe a little assignment that day, or I'll, I'll say, God, I treasure you today. I treasure my time with my son, or I treasure my time with my husband, but I want you to know I treasure you today. And so Mm. those are just some little ways. Find a short uh, sentence prayer, and I I put some of those in the devotional, but just a little way to tell him I love you, basically. Mm -hmm. 
Right, right. Yeah, you've written a devotional called A Christmas Heart. Um, We'll make sure and put a link to that. And we'll talk about the devotional a little bit more in just a few minutes. Um, But what you're saying is taking these um, characteristics of Mary and then almost just turning them into a prayer and uh, so that we can begin to take on those characteristics. Yeah. Another characteristic of Mary is that she rejoiced. So she has an entire actual prayer in Luke 1 45. And she says, I rejoice in God, my savior. I praise him. I thank you. She even says, you know, God, you're the one that put rulers in place. Uh, she prays for Israel. She, you, you don't, you can't imagine that such a young woman, but she sees the whole world and she had such a unique perspective on history, but she praises God as she's newly pregnant. And this, huge task ahead of her. And even though that must have been overwhelming, she decides to rejoice anyway. And I I love that about Mary. Mm, We can learn so much about that because I think that um, we have trouble, especially when life isn't playing out the way we thought. (laughs) We have trouble rejoicing, don't we? Oh, I'm right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And another, another part, which kind of goes along with that is um, that Mary endured suffering and we can really look at uh, her suffering and learn a lot from that. Talk about that. You know, uh, I lost my very best cousin, favorite cousin growing up on Christmas day about uh 10 or 11 years ago. Wow. Mm. It was such a suffering for the whole family, you know, Christmas morning. And uh, I think about so many people are walking through a grief or a loss or, you know, something isn't going right. But, you know, for Mary, it was the fact that she's, she lives in a time when being pregnant outside of wedlock would have been a huge, big thing. I almost wonder if she ran to Elizabeth's almost as in hiding, (laughs) you know, why did she go there and why did she stay so long? What was the town saying? And, you know, Joseph, what a fine man he was, and he was going to divorce her quietly. But I think about Joseph, uh, that he was even considering divorce and divorce at the time would have been a huge, big thing. And, and Mary must've known everyone was gossiping about her. And I think that that would have caused suffering. I mean, let alone, you know, no epidural (laughs) and birth in a stable, you know, (laughs) We know that was suffering, Uh, but she suffered. She suffered at the cross, at the foot of the cross, um, but she stuck with the Lord the whole time. And I love how God gave her Elizabeth. He gave her a friend. And I've noted that, that God is so gracious, even in our suffering. Uh, He is faithful to bring you at least one person. If you'll ask him, I've noticed that he is always so good to give you a friend. And it may be that you don't have 12 friends, but he'll always provide that one person to help you when we ask. And he did that for Mary. Mm -hmm. He sure did. And, you know, Jennifer, you, um, you and I have both uh, walked through breast cancer. And so we understand suffering from a um, physical perspective. You're still walking through that. Um, How long has the journey been for you? Well, we're over two years now. That's what I was and thinking. Doing really well, but it's a challenge. It's been a challenge, and I, I think one of the gifts has been at Christmas time. You see things through a different lens. You know things that 
some things don't really matter. And then the other things are more exciting and, and more special because life is just, you know, the, the grass is greener when you get to live. And I'm thankful that I'm alive and, and grateful to be here. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it really is important in those seasons of darkness and suffering to find people that are in the Bible that we can learn from. And Mary is definitely uh, one of those people that we can learn a lot from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think about, you know, Jesus on the cross and he looked down at his mom and John and he said, John, I want you to take care of my mother. And John did that, you know, how personal, I mean, this was a real family. And sometimes we think the Bible is something that you just set on a shelf, but it's real. They were real people. They, they, they lived in our history and they walk this earth to share us, share God's love with us. And, you know, we can think about looking into our family's eyes this Christmas and saying, I love you and I want to take care of you and I care about you. And maybe that's the best gift you can give someone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So anything else that we can learn from Mary in the Christmas uh, holiday season? Oh, you know, Mary carried the savior of the world inside her heart, Mm -hmm. inside her belly. (laughs) And we carry him too. And she shared him boldly and bravely. And I I love how she, she dedicated Jesus at the temple with, you know, Annie, Anna and Simeon. And I think about that, you know, we can, we carry him, we can go to church this Christmas season. It's very important. Take your family, you know, put God in the center, carry him everywhere you go. If we, if we just focus on all the distractions, we might miss, you know, the true purpose and meaning of Christmas. And that's so important that we carry and share the love and the light of God to everyone we meet. It is. I mean, I know that it is a uh, tried and true and maybe worn out statement, but it it really is the reason for the season. And we really... Uh, it that's not going to happen naturally. It's going to take some intentionality uh, for that's us true. to get our head and our heart into the right place so that we can experience Christmas um, spiritually and emotionally like it's designed for us to experience it. You know, we lived in Israel the first year of our marriage. And one time I sang in Manger Square on Christmas Eve. And I always remember looking out and there's the shepherd's fields. And uh, we have a, a dear friend that lived there in Bethlehem at the time. And she had served us lunch. And as she was stuffing grape leaves and, and serving this Mediterranean lunch, she said, uh, she said, you know, sometimes I look out my window at shepherd's field and I see the return of Christ through my kitchen window. <laughs> and I think about that, you know, it one day the Lord mm-hmm. will return and uh, Bethlehem is real. The shepherds were real and uh, the Bible is real. It's the most up-to-date relevant book we could ever read. <laughs> and so to take the time this Christmas to read your Bible, is so important. Yeah. 
Yeah, to uh, read the Christmas story, it's uh, in all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It reads differently in uh, each of them. So that's a great uh, way also is to read that in each of the Gospels. And when when you do that, just say, Lord, help me to see something that maybe I haven't seen before. Help me to take the Christmas story and apply it to my life in some way. Um, and, and you know what, when we, we pray those prayers, God answers those prayers. Yes. He's so personal. Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, you've written a devotional and it's called a Christmas heart, uh, the story of Mary and yeah. So, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about that. What's in it and, um, where's the best place to pick that up? Well, what I like about it is that you can do it as your little quiet time, I have a journal and a devotional section, or you can do it with some friends. And then it comes with these uh, little prayer cards. So I give you the sentence prayers, an actual prayer and the scripture of the day. So it's just something simple and small that you can do in the middle of a very busy season and feel like you suck the meaning right out (laughs) of that special Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. That was my goal. Yeah. And so um, is the best place for them to uh, pick that up is on your website? They can go to my website, jennifer-jackson.org. Or, and, and if you do that, you'll get one of these for free, but otherwise you can go to Amazon. Okay. So the cards, they can get the cards if they order it through you, but if they just want the book, they can also get that through Amazon. We'll put links to both of those in the show notes. And um, you've also written some devotionals uh, or at least one other devotional. You've done an Easter, Easter one as well. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So um, along the same lines as... um, and what do you look at? Who do you look at in the Easter part? Um, yeah, all of the Marys and all of the disciples and just the footprint of Israel because we live there for a year. It, it, Palm Sunday. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, you know, that's a possibility of picking up both of those um, because, gosh, Easter comes relatively soon after Christmas, um, faster than most of us are ready for. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has been such a good conversation and and one that I'm so glad you were willing to do because um, I think it's important during the holiday season that we um, that we really slow down and we ponder the real story of Christmas and that we move our eyes off of the craziness, the Christmas craziness um, to the the Christ child and uh, the the real story. So as we come to a close here, Jennifer, would you be willing to um, pray for our listeners? Dear Lord Jesus, we come to you now. We bow our heart because we want to give it to you fully. I pray that you would um, touch the suffering one that's listening, the one that's grieving. Lord, we we choose you this season. We choose to rejoice in you, to wait on you. And we just, we want to say that we're willing, that we're available, that we humble ourselves before you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for the, being the light of the world, the hope that we so desperately need. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. 
If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over on jillsavage.org slash podcast. I hang out on Facebook and Instagram and would love to connect with you there. You can find me under the name jillsavage.author. One more thing, we have three free eBooks that we'd love to give you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. See you next week where we'll have another conversation about the real stuff of life and relationships.